Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1900 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week for over five years now. Check out our free podcasting course if you want to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, freepodcastcourse.com. And now we're chatting with one of my favorite guests. It's her third time on the show, Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Once again, and I have to say thank you for giving me the 1900 slot. That is such a gigantic milestone for a podcaster, and I am thrilled to be there with you as uh, the odometer crosses a big number. <laughs> and it wasn't random. I saved the spot for uh, you. I've been putting people after uh, you, waiting for this <laughs> to happen. So I'm ecstatic, and Fire Nation Gretchen. She's the author of several blockbuster bestsellers like The Happiness Project. She co-hosts a phenomenal award-winning podcast called Happier. And her new book, The Four Tendencies, was an instant New York Times bestseller. It explores a personality framework that can, and I'm actually going to use the word, will transform our lives. So Gretchen, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Um, well, I'm a writer, a podcaster, I have a daily blog, um, so, and I do a lot of speaking. So, But my big subject is human nature, so I'm always spending my time trying to figure out, you know, why are we the way we are? How can we change if we want to change? How can we help other people change if we wish they would change, which is maybe more fun to think about. Um, so I'm just <laughs> sort of constantly reading things or talking to people or thinking about, like, what's up with people? What is up with people? That's What's up the with everlasting people? What's question. What's up with me? What's up with people? <laughs> like, it sounds like it'd be the most obvious thing, but um, you know, ever since I started writing, I've been looking at one angle or another at human nature, and it's just the more I study or study it, the more mysterious and 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 grander it becomes as a subject. You know, Gretchen, I knew you before you were a podcaster. I knew you back yep. at episode 254. Um, you were obviously amazing back then and had a huge following, but you didn't have a podcast yet. And then we had you back on episode 1037, where you did have a podcast by that time. It had already won a massive award and you were rocking it and crushing it. And now it's episode 1900. And I got to say, we've been able to hang out the past couple of years, you know, albeit briefly, but you know, cause mm-hmm. is, we both have our, our busy schedules at these conferences, but at podcast movement. And it's just so awesome for me to see you at these conferences because people come up to you and, and I notice these things and they're just like, Gretchen, I don't know what I would do without your podcast. I listen to every episode. I've heard every episode. I feel like I know you. I feel like I love you, like all these things. And you just smile and like, yeah. And I'm like, I knew her before she had her podcast. And, <laughs> and I told her to launch a podcast. And now not only did she do that and she crushed it, but now she's at the podcast movement conference speaking, keynoting, and just being followed around by droves of her fans. So Fire Nation, this is somebody who's taken action, who's made things happen. And now today, Gretchen, I want to talk about these four tendencies because I'm really fascinated by this whole topic. So can you define this for Fire Nation? Yeah. So it has to do with how you respond to expectations. And all of us meets face two kinds of expectations. So there are outer expectations, like you have a work deadline, you have a request from a friend, and then you have your own inner expectation, which is you want to start a podcast on the side, <laughs> or you want to start a side hustle um, on your own. 
And depending on how you meet those outer and inner expectations, uh, what the combination is, you're either an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. So an upholder is somebody who meets outer and inner expectations without much fuss. They want to know what's expected of them from other people, but their expectations for themselves are just as important. Then there are questioners. Questioners will meet an expectation if they think it makes sense. So essentially, they make everything an inner expectation. If it meets their standard, they'll do it. If it fails their standard, they'll resist. And they typically object to anything arbitrary, inefficient, unjustified. Then there are obligers. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. So this explains if you've ever, and I imagine you've talked to many people who are like, I don't understand it. I always meet a work deadline. I never let down my team, but I have this side project on my own that I've been, that I, I think is really important to me, and yet I'm not moving forward. It's like, yeah, because you're readily meeting outer expectations, but you're struggling to meet inner mm. expectations. And then finally, rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in in their own way, in their own time. If you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. They can do anything they want to do if they want to do it. So those are the four. I got to say, I'm not proud of it, but I relate most with the rebels. Uh, I've always zigged when other people are zagging. I've always heard someone tell me to do something and I'm like, I'm literally doing the exact opposite just because you told me to do yeah. that. Like even if I 1000% agree with what you're saying to me and, and what I should be doing that, just just out of like spite and anger that you're telling me to do this. I'm doing the exact opposite thing. So, Well, it's interesting because of the four tendencies, the rebel tendency is the smallest tendency. It's the one that the fewest people belong to, but it's the longest chapter in the book because I think that the rebel tendency, and maybe you've experienced this, is the one that's the most different from the other three. I think if you're, if you're a rebel or you're dealing with a rebel, you really have to wrap your mind around how you really best get things done. Because a lot of the stuff that works for upholders, questioners, and obligers may not work for you. Or like you say, you might somebody might give you good advice and you're like, you know what? I was gonna do that until five minutes ago when you told me to do it and now I'm not. You know, and so like somebody it's like so don't give this person advice because you're gonna ignite that spirit of resistance. So I think recognizing you're a rebel um can be or that you're dealing with a rebel can be super helpful because um, you can accidentally trigger that spirit of resistance um, in ways that, that aren't productive. So I'm actually not surprised that that is the smallest group because, yeah. and again, this is your area of expertise, so like, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but when I read the book Sapiens, you know, they talked in depth about how it's so innate for humans to want to belong, you know, to want to be a people pleaser. Because when you were part of that small tribe, like that, that tribe was how you survived. And if you were a rebel back then and you got ostracized, you probably died. So like a lot of the rebels didn't have their genes that got passed along because <laughs> they just didn't make it, you know, to that next level. And they're not here 75,000 years later. So it doesn't surprise me that that's the smallest, but I'm glad it's the longest chapter in your book because since it is me, I'm going to get to read a lot of great content on that. And I will say, knowing my audience, Gretchen, they want to get stuff done. They want to stop procrastinating. They want to make time for their priorities because they have priorities, but they, they don't have time for them. So how does understanding this framework help us do all of that? Well, I think you're exactly right. When you understand your tendency, you see much more clearly like what buttons to push on yourself. Like if, if something's not getting done and you want to bring about some kind of positive change for yourself, if you understand why you might be stalling out, that's going to like point the direction how you can fix it. Because a lot of times people have all kinds of justifications, reasons, excuses, maybe justified, maybe not justified, running around in their head. And if you know your tendency, you can really zero in on it. So 
whenever I hear people saying things like, I need, I can't, I don't put myself first. I can't follow my own priorities. Um, I can't make time for my own things. That always to me suggests obliger and obliger is the largest tendency. That's the one that the mm-hmm. most people fit into. And if you are an obliger, if you struggle with this feeling of like, I don't understand why I can follow through with everybody else, but then I keep letting myself down. If that describes you and that describes your kind of um, pattern of procrastination, which is you're always doing outer things, but not meeting inner things. The solution, the answer, the one and only remedy, speaking of buttons to push, is outer accountability. That is what you need. So if you're like, let's say you're trying to launch a side hustle. Okay, how are you going to create outer accountability for that? I would not say that thinking about your priorities or trying to make time for yourself is the way to do it. I would do things like Work with a business coach who's going to help you establish deadlines and hold you accountable. Work with a group. I have an uh, a group uh, an app called the Better App where people can form accountability groups. Figure out a way to have a customer, a client, or um, a student, even if those people aren't paying you, or even if you haven't created a product yet. It's like, oh, 30 people signed up for my free ebook. Now I have to go write that that ebook <laughs> because they're waiting for it. You know, I've created accountability. Or, oh, I want to start a gig as a as a wedding photographer. I'm going to tell my friend I'm going to be her wedding photographer. So I'm going to have to get the equipment and the software and the systems in place because now I've got somebody waiting for me. Or you could think about um, like uh, some obligers, not all, but some because obligers differ dramatically in what makes them feel accountable. Some can feel accountable to their future selves. Well, you know, right now Gretchen doesn't want to do this, but future Gretchen is going to be so disappointed if I don't make progress. I need to do this now or else future Gretchen is going to be really upset with me. So there's a million ways to develop outer accountability. Once you realize that's what you need, it's as simple as like, if you want to read a book, join a book group now, but for a questioner, questioners need reasons. They need justification. And when people procrastinate and they're questioners, often what's going on is one of two things. Either they're in analysis paralysis, which is something that happens to questioners where they want perfect information. But you know, a lot of times we can't wait for perfect information before we need to act, you know? And so it's like set deadlines, set limits. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go to, I'm going to think about five software programs, but not 15 software programs or use trusted authorities. Oh, I hear on this podcast that this is a great system to use. This guy's smart. He does his research. He's had great experience. I can be very guided by his judgment. Um, Because analysis paralysis is if you feel like I just need to learn more and do more and more research, that can stall you out. Or also questioners, sometimes they just they haven't really convinced themselves that something makes sense. And so I always say to a questioner, really get clear in your mind. Why are you doing this? Why? Why should you do this? Why is this a good use of your time? Why is this something that makes sense for you? Why is this efficient? Um, they also love to customize. So, okay, well, maybe there's a 30-day plan that you're going to do, but you're going to customize it for yourself because you're going to do what's the most efficient for you. So, again, what, and then Rebel, it's like, well, you can do whatever you want to do, man. Like, is this, yes. is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this the kind of person you want to be? Uh, thinking about the consequences of your action or inaction, is this what – is this because you can do it if you choose to do it. Um, but you're not going to do it because somebody told you to. You're not going to do it because you said you would. You're not going to do it because this is, like, what the experts say. You're going to do it if you – want to. So again, if you know your tendency, you can be like, well, okay, I am, I'm not making the progress that I would like to see in myself. How can I harness the strength of my tendency and maybe offset the the weakness of my tendency in order to propel me forward? So Gretchen, 
health is really important to me. Like over the past couple of years, it's actually been one of my biggest focuses. I've hired nutrition, fitness. I have a virtual trainer. Like I really focus on my health, my wellness, my nutrition. It's very, very important because I know that if I'm going to operate at my best, that I need to put the best foods in my body and to take care of myself when it comes to exercise and sleep, et cetera. And I have this amazing naturopathic doctor who put me on this incredible plan um, that just, it was a 28 day protocol, no gluten, no dairy, no alcohol. And I just, I felt like a 10 by the end of this, this protocol. But then what happened? I came home, you know, to my, to my childhood home. I'm staying with my parents right now. Um, you know, before I go on this trip, just to kind of hang out and, and see them. And I walk in this morning and my mother's making bacon and crepes for me. Cause that was my, you know, my childhood favorite breakfast. So there's like this, you know, just packed with gluten, uh, crepes and butter and bacon. And there it is on, I want to eat it so bad. But I know it's not good for me, but guess what? I still went ahead and I had a massive breakfast. And I'm kind of feeling it right now. You know, like my, my, mm-hmm. my gut's like, you know, what is this stuff? You haven't been doing this for 28 days now. So why do people have trouble following through, even if these things are really important to them? I mean, this is important to me, my health, but I'm still not following through with this. What's my problem? Well, that's really my book, Better Than Before, which is about the 21 strategies of habits. So mm. it's sort of like what happened with a habit. But given what happened to you, like as a rebel, what I would say is, look, you're a strong, healthy, energetic person. That's who you are. You spend a lot of time and energy figuring out what works for you. That's the person that you want to be. That's what you choose to be. So one time you decided to have your favorite childhood breakfast. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. But you, when you put your mind to something, you can stick to it. When you decide to go right back to that old, that way of eating that makes you feel like a 10, you're going to do it. Now, some people don't have the fortitude to switch back, but you do. If you want it, you will do it. And they, people might say, hey, man, having a little bit of that that flour and sugar in your in your taste buds you're not going to be able to turn it again uh, turn it down again and you're like no cuz i'm not addicted to sugar i'm not chained by these cravings i'm free i'm doing what i want big food companies don't control me with their their crinkly packages and their junk food i want to eat the way i want to eat and you know i've come up with my own system that maybe people think is not the conventional wisdom but this is this is what i want for myself that's what i would say for a rebel to kick yourself back into the good eating habits because why people fail, that's, that is a very – because one of the things that I've learned in everything that I've done, there's no one right answer. There's no magic one-size-fits-all solution for anyone. So if it's like, why did I break my good eating habits? It's like uh, there's, uh, there's a million things. Like my mind is like literally blowing with maybe you're an abstainer and you tried to be a moderator. Maybe, you know, I mean, there's like, there's a million things and there's a million solutions, but there's only the solution that works for you. There's no one best way. There's no one right way because people are so different from each other. We all have to figure out what's right for us. What's right for you might not be right for me. Like I'm a person who eats, like I eat no carbs, pro- like Except for like eating nuts and then like cauliflower. I eat almost no carbs. I love that. And I mean, for like three years, I've done that. Would that work for everybody? No. Is it amazing for me? It's fantastic. But, you know, it's like you have to figure out what's the right way for you. Fire Nation, now you know why I love Gretchen. She told me I can eat bacon and crepes and maple sugar and maple syrup and, and life Once. is good. <laughs> Fire Nation, value bombs have been dropped. More are coming as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. 
There are a lot of painful tasks that come along with running your own business, like payroll and benefits. Like you, I don't have the time to become an expert in things like taxes and regulations. Good thing there's Gusto, a company that makes payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. Gusto not only saves you time, but they're reliable and they have great service. In fact, four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching to Gusto, and 72% of customers spend less than five minutes to run payroll. Imagine having that peace of mind when it comes to delivering for your employees. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. Right now, Gusto is offering Fire Nation an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Visit gusto.com slash fire to sign up today. That's gusto.com slash fire. And don't wait. The end of the year is the easiest time to switch payroll providers. If you're not much of a designer but are looking for ideas for your next logo, website design, or even your new business cards, then Design Crowd can help. Design Crowd gives you access to over 550,000 creative minds from around the world who will help you come up with your next design. Plus, Design Crowd makes it super simple. All you have to do is submit your brief, and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review, provide some constructive feedback, and you can quickly generate multiple designs you love and that fit your needs. Why pay expensive fees? and wait weeks for an agency to pitch an idea when you can have exactly what you need within just three days. Design Crowd is so confident. If you don't like any of the submitted designs, they'll give you your money back. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire. Gretchen, we're back and people frustrate me. I get frustrated by people. So what I would like to know is, how do I deal more effectively with people, with someone, with an individual who is frustrating me? Now, I am talking Mm -hmm. about me as a rebel, but I'm also talking about Fire Nation, who is every one of these four tendencies. So how do we deal more effectively with these people that frustrate us? Well, exactly. And I think this is a place where the four tendencies can really help because you understand why people have a different perspective from you. So I'm just going to take a guess and say that one of the things probably that you like as a rebel is the ability to make your own schedule, do what you want and like have some spontaneity like on the weekend. And you get frustrated with people who are trying to lock you down or saying something like... Uh, nailed like, it. Like, yeah. let's just talk about when you uh, texted me at six o'clock and I was like, uh, Gretchen, it's 620 that we're talking, not six o'clock. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like my tendency, one of the upholder tendencies, one of the things that happens to us is like we're often perceived as rigid and like other people get frustrated with us because it's hard for us to be fluid or it's hard to us to change plans or it's hard for us. We can get really uneasy when it's not clear what expectations are, where expectations are uh, are ambiguous. And so if you're dealing with somebody here, you're like, why is this person so uptight all the time? Why is this person like enforcing every stupid rule? Well, it's, it might be an upholder and to an upholder, that is really a high value is following through with expectations. Same thing with a questioner. Questioner, it's great to have questioners around because they're the ones that keep everybody on track. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we using the software? Why are, why are we listening to you? But they can drain and overwhelm other people with their questions because they're just like, everybody else is like, oh my gosh, like this question has been answered, but the, qu- the questioner still has more questions. This comes up in health, you know, like you're with your doctor and there's just question after question after question after question. Or in a meeting where one person is like, 
keeping everybody in the conference room for another 45 minutes. Um, and so if you understand, well, this person isn't trying to be obstructionist or stubborn. They just have more questions. So how do we deal with that? Because let's figure out a way for everybody to get the situation that they need to thrive instead of saying like, well, you're wrong and I'm right. Or, um, you know, you're just jerking my chain for no reason. Like, I don't have to take it personally. Same thing with obligers. Obligers really need outer accountability. Now, as an upholder, I don't need outer accountability. And it's hard for me to understand why sometimes, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be your babysitter. I don't want to have to look <laughs> over your shoulder. I want to be the boss of me and I want you to be the boss of you. So I don't have to, I don't have to pay any attention. You'll just do your business. That doesn't work for, for a lot of obligers. They need, they need a feeling of accountability. They need the sense that someone is holding them accountable. It's a lot of work to hold people accountable. Some workplaces will just automatically supply tons of accountability, but some don't. And so if you need that form of accountability and somebody's not cooperating and giving it to you, well, then you just need to find another way to get it. Um, and same thing with the rebel. It's like, well... If you're, a lot of people are frustrated with rebels because it's frustrating to work with somebody. If you ask or tell them to do something, nice. they're very likely to resist. Even to the point of like, oh, you should read this book. You'll love it. And they're like, no, I'm not going to read it. I hate it. You know, I mean, it can be that easy. And so, again, if you're frustrated, it's like, okay, let me speak to this person in a way that is not going to set them off. So, for instance, let's say you had a rebel who was never going to staff meetings, weekly staff meetings, was like consistently not going to the 10 a.m. Wednesday staff meeting. You could say something like, you have to go. Everybody else goes. Everybody's expecting you. Everybody's waiting for you. You said you would. This is not going to work with a rebel. They don't really care. I mean, that's just, that's just the situation. It's not very effective with rebels. But what you could say to a rebel, you could give them information, consequences, choice. You know, we have this 10 a.m. Wednesday staff meeting. And you know what happens at the meeting? Everybody divvies up the projects that are coming up in the next month or so. And the people who are in the room, they take the best projects, of course. And then they leave the dregs <laughs> for the people who aren't there. So, you know, the the meeting is at 10 o'clock on Wednesdays. Then it's up to the rebel. But then they're like, well, do I want to stay and get the dregs? Yeah. I mean, do I want to stay out and, and get the dregs? No, I want to go. I want to, like, claim one of the best projects. It's not that you're saying you have to go. It's being like, do you want to choose to go? I think you would choose to go if you understood the consequences. It's like, well, as a matter of fact, I think I would like to go, <laughs> you know. Gretchen, you study people, you know the numbers, you, you love the analytics. And so one thing I'm just curious about, as you've, gone, as you've gone through this, what specific information about these four tendencies have you found that's been most helpful for people? Hmm. Right. Well, I think for obligers, and they are the biggest groups, so you either are an obliger or have many obligers in your life. Um, for them, it's understanding that the missing piece is outer accountability. For a lot of people, that's a huge revelation. Like, they just didn't understand why they weren't able to do something for themselves. And they often mischaracterize it. Like, I put other people first, or I can't make myself a priority. I'm like, I don't think that's what's going on. I think what you need is outer expectations. And then they can follow through. So that's that's really valuable. And for a lot of people dealing with rebels under and, and rebels dealing with themselves, understanding where they're coming from. Um, this has been really helpful for like people in healthcare who don't understand, like, why is it that some people just refuse to do? Because, of course, they're not going to take doctor's orders. 
just the idea like, oh, I really want to see you. You know, I'm telling you, you have to do this. It's like, well, no, I really don't have to do this because you're not the boss to me. So that's really valuable. And for questioners, I think it's it's realizing that it is coming from this place of deep justification where it's like, I mean, and I had this with my husband where it's, you know, I was filling out a boring bureaucratic, bureaucratic form and I called him and said, what's your work address? And he said, why do you need to know? And I was so, and it, I found that really annoying because I'm like, just tell me, like, why do we have to have a discussion? Like, uh, you, why can't you ever just answer my question? But now I don't take it personally because I'm like, he's a questioner. He's like this with me. He's like this with everybody. Sometimes it's an advantage to me to be married to a questioner. And what I should have done and what I, what I have learned to do, but I forgot, just even though I wrote a whole book about the four tendencies, is I should have said to him, I'm filling out that boring bureaucratic form. What's your work address? Because if he'd known why I was asking he would have done it. Um, now, questioner is the second largest group after the obligers. So one thing to be thinking about, like if your entrepreneurs are thinking about designing programs or devices or curriculum uh, for people, one of the things to keep in mind is that most people are going to be obligers and questioners. Those are the two big groups. Your group, the rebel group, as we've talked about, is a very, very small <laughs> group. But my group, I'm an upholder. And there's only slightly more upholders. That's also a very, very small group. Um, and so those are we're kind of on the extremes. You and I represent kind of the fringe personality types. <laughs> Shocking. And um, so not that many people probably will be rebels um, or upholders. But if you're designing something, probably you, you want to think mostly about upholders and questioners. But then you also want to think about, well, can I include language or can I think about the rebel tendency so I can include that? And I thought of, um, I saw this funny sign in a hotel, which, you know how they're always trying to get you to reuse your towels? Oh, they love that. And it had this whole thing about, and it had all these justifications for the questioner. And it was like, and you know, so many people have done, have participated in this program and saved all this thing. And that's obliger because it's like, oh, they're actually keeping track. But it, then at the bottom of this long message in big letters, it said, but as always, the choice is yours. And I was like, see, they threw in a little bit of something for the rebel too. <laughs> yes. And so they're, they're firing at, for everyone. And so, you know, um, knowing how people break down can be helpful in your, if you're trying to communicate. And just realizing that, um, I think, is a big insight for a lot of people because, because what we all do is we communicate in the way that comes naturally for us. We, say, we act to other people the way, the way that reflects our own tendency. But that, but but if I'm in a polder and you're a rebel and we're trying to work together, we might have a lot of conflict because we just see the world in a different way. Gretchen, let's bring this home. Fire Nation is obviously fired up about the four tendencies, rightfully so. So, what's the action you want us to take? Like, where are we going? Uh, like, when is yeah. this available? Like, let's get going on this. I want more content. Well, so most people can tell what they are from a brief description, but if you want to take a quiz that will actually diagnose you yeah. or you want somebody else to take the quiz, more than a million people now have taken my online quiz, wow, which is at happiercast.com slash quiz. Um, and my book, The Four Tendencies, came out and uh, it's a bestseller. So that was thrilling. Um, and so there I go into all the nuance of it. And uh, and there's a lot of things like obliger rebellion, which is very important for obligers and people around obligers to understand, which is when obligers will meet, meet, meet expectations. And then suddenly they snap and they refuse to do something. And it can be small and symbolic and funny or it can be huge and destructive. Um, so there's a lot. I get into like a lot of the nuance or if, how 
they pair up? Like what kind of conflicts? Like if you if you and I as an upholder and a rebel paired up to do something, what are the likely conflicts or what might work well for us? Like I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but usually when rebels pair up in romance or in work, like with founding partners or something, Usually they pair up with obligers. Do you have a lot of obligers in your life? That's I do. I will say my girlfriend of six years, Kate Erickson, is definitely an obliger. So that's the stable pattern. It's not that there's no exceptions to it, but ver- but usually when a rebel's paired up, it's with an obliger. So I go into all of the nuances of, of stuff like that and how to use it at work and how to use it in romance um, and how to use it uh, in healthcare and in a family. It's all, that's all in the book, but I have a site, GretchenRubin.com, which is where all my stuff is. And, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all, all under the name of Gretchen Rubin. Oh, and I just started a Facebook show Good for on you. Facebook. Yes. Um, I know you were reminding me of my, my, my first days as a podcaster <laughs> and I'm now I'm in the Facebook show, have a show called Ask Gretchen Rubin Live, which I do once a week. Um, so I'm way out there. I love hearing from listeners and readers. I've learned so much about the four tendencies from reading people's insights and observations and examples and questions. Um, so I, I really encourage people to follow up if they're interested and want to um, I'm, I'm all over the place, you know, way more than you would ever want to experience. <laughs> My stuff is out there. Fire Nation, you're the average. Of the five people that you spend the most time with, you've been hanging out with GR and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Gretchen in the search bar. This show notes page will pop right up with all the links of everything we've been talking about today, as well as episode 254 and 1037, where Gretchen rocked the mic as well. Listen to all three. Make it a three-peat. Make it three episodes for you, all Gretchen Rubin. There's never too much Gretchen Rubin. One more time, Gretchen, what's the link for the quiz? It's happiercast.com slash quiz. So it's cast like C-A-S-T? Yeah, because it's part of it. Like, the, the most direct way is it's from uh, related to the podcast. So it's happiercast. Got it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Happiercast.com slash quiz. Over a million people have yes. taken it. And of course, Fire Nation, check her out. GretchenRubin.com. Gretchen Rubin on all the socials. Her new Facebook uh, page, her, her live show, I mean. She's doing once a week. Ask Gretchen Rubin live. And pick up the book, The Four Tendencies. You know, take the quiz first and figure out what you are. Then read the book and read all the chapters just so you know everything. But, you know, obviously focus on your own chapter and then what your significant other, if you have one, is as well. That'd be fascinating. Um, And Gretchen, as always, it was great chatting. Thank you for sharing your brilliance with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Well, and thank you for letting me share your milestone episode, 1900. That's huge. Congratulations. Ignite. If you're not much of a designer, but are looking for ideas for your next logo, website design, or even your new business cards, then Design Crowd can help. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire.